And we did a little summary of what we've learned the past few weeks. And uh, uh, the first week, I, I had a message we used bubbles as a symbol of those idols in our in our lives that. Um, come on, then. Oh, shoot. Okay, there it is. Let's have a little fingers for it. And then we put the bubbles and say, look how pretty they are. Look, I just want to keep that one forever. And they're no more. And those idols in our lives may seem to be quite precious and appropriate, but uh, quite fleeting too. And then the week, the week after that, I had this nice briefcase that had it all filled up for, for a journey. And on this journey, I had, had this all filled up. I realized that, wait a minute, there's one thing I forgot to pack, that those new, new discoveries on this journey. So I, on my journey, had to let go of a few things. You know, kind of what uh, Amory talked about, let go of a blanket. And it's like, you have to let go of a few things to, to be able to fit in the, in the suitcase. So I gave up my, my taffy. Uh, my binoculars, my favorite pair of shoes, and well, this, this journal, this book, and so that I could fit the new things that I'm going to see. But knowing there's new things I'm going to see, it's going to take, it's going to take courage. And it's going to take my ability to embrace change. But on that journey, I'm going to see some new things. And we packed it up, and we're ready to go. Take the important things, leave some of the things behind. And uh, last week, we had some jelly beans, and when Anne Reed shared her message about, uh, I forget this total number of jelly beans in a person's life, was it like 22,000 or some large number, but each jelly bean represented a day. And kind of broke down the, the life and like 8,000 jelly beans or more when you sleep. So the real thought was, what are you going to do with your day that glorifies God? With the remainder of things that are part of your life. So there's some jelly beans that symbolize that. And so this week, uh, there's no props. But as part of the message today, we're looking at this verse in Psalm 143, verse 8. And uh, let's say that verse together. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I put my trust in you. That's what it's all about, is trust. Trusting in God. And we trust in God. Okay, that's not it. We have to trust God with an unconditional, unconditional devotion. Unconditional. Have you ever said or had this prayer, Lord, I give up. Lord, I give in. Lord, I surrender. In James chapter 4, the really whole chapter, but the, the verses there, James chapter 4, it talks about submitting yourselves to God. And as it gets to verse 7, they, the battle 
when you said, oh Lord, I give up, he begins to talk about where that battle is. What causes fights and quarrelings among you? Don't they come from your desire that battles within you? You desire, but you do not have. So you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not, you do not, you do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend, spend what you get on your pleasures. Again, the idolatry theme we see here today. You adulterous people, don't you know that the friendship with the world means enmity against God? And he goes on, and then verse 7, submit yourselves then to God. It's hard when you, when you know God says, all you have to do is surrender. All you have to do is to surrender. You see, it seems like, as in the scriptures, those worldly pursuits promise much, but deliver little. Promises. The battle between the world and God and our desires for what God wants and our desires for ourselves and the battles that we're within. And, and am I willing to submit to God? I think it comes down to this kind of unconditional uh, surrender. Is this. God's greatness is found in the unconditional surrender of the human soul to the at feet of God's unconditional love. Unconditional surrender. God, this is, this is everything. I just put it right out here for you. I've been playing with the world. I'm playing with these idols. I see all this stuff around me. I say, God, it's not working. And I surrender. I have there's no terms. I have unconditional surrender before you, and my soul needs to be fed. And you take that and place it at the feet of God's unconditional love. And then that's where you find greatness. Or goodness. Or grace. That's where you find it. When you release those things, you release. And then God says, hold on to this, hold on to me. That's when, that's when you'll find unconditional devotion. Well, Philippians 4, 8 says it this way. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, list them all out. Think about such things. How is it with your mind? Is it pretty cluttered up there? Is the mind pretty cluttered up with things that you haven't surrendered over to God yet? Or if they are, how can you turn those things in your mind into things that are excellent and praiseworthy? You know, Annie uh, uses on me strength-based conversations, strength-based talk, and, and how can you say something, you could say negatively, say in a positive way. To call out what's excellent that's going on in that situation. We've got to think about these things. Well, the other part, unconditional surrender, it comes down to one word. Praise. <clears throat> Praising God. Praising God for the things that you see all around you. 
making lists of, of praiseworthy things. And when you start making that list, I believe that other lists slowly melt away. See, I, I know you because I know myself in some ways that it's hard to know. It's hard. The more we think about God and the praises and the gifts God gives us, God, you love me unconditionally. I think that's where unconditional devotion begins. Well, the, the next one is um, unstoppable. Unstoppable. You're ordinary. You're ordinary. But you are the right person. You and I are the right people. You're ordinary. <coughs> you may think that for you to do something for God, that you have to be extraordinary. Because only extraordinary people do, do good things. Oh, we can list the names. Oh, look at that extraordinary person, Billy Graham. Look at that person, Mother Teresa. Look at that person, Martin Luther King Jr. And we go a long list of extraordinary people. I think my bishop, Bishop Palmer, he's extraordinary. But you know what? What's more powerful in my book? realizing ordinary people can do transformational things. Small breakthroughs lead to big breakthroughs. I don't know if uh, John Luke said this or not, but like, just do something. Don't stop doing the good you are doing. See, as people of the faith, brothers and sisters in Christ, those who are gifted your gifts, God does not want to stop, does not want you to stop doing the ordinary good, because that's what changes lives. You see, we can't wait for the extraordinary to happen. We've got to keep doing the good. And we keep doing the good. That's when you might change. People around you might change. People that you have influence may change. Don't stop doing good. Well, there's a song by Matthew West. I didn't have time to have you to listen to the whole song, and it's been out for a few years. And uh, but the line I really like it's, it's important. It says this way: This, if not us, then who? If not me and you, right now it's time for us to do something. That's what we say when we put emotion we hear from God. Uh, my one little dream that I have, and they have a dream, truth or may not, it's a, it's a small dream, a small dream. I like to create uh, the word do, D-O, and have these t-shirts that say the do group. <laughs> not D-E-W, because there's a mountain do, the do group, but D-O, the do group. And I, this inspired me because I was out to dinner one time with Annie and a, a group of people came in uh, and they're all women and they had these shirts that said, I do crew. 
And then I said, what I do? What, what mission trip? What ministry? What mission are they working on? And I was like, no, we have a, a, a wedding. The wedding uh, bridesmaids get together before the wedding the next day, and they make sure the bridesmaids say, I do, I guess. I do, Matthew West tells us, do something good. Be a part of the do crew. Well, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Do it all to the glory of God. See, that's the difference between being busy, being busy, being doing things just to do things. And doing things for the glory of God. When God is at the center, God allows us to be participated in eternal things, in godly things, in holy things. And when we do the good, we give God the glory. God came, God's kingdom comes here on this earth as it is in heaven. So whatever you do, Along the way, find your ways of doing good, do something, and do it to the glory of God. Well, if, if, if it's unconditional devotion is important, if uh, unstoppable devotion is important, then I can tell you uncomfortable devotion is important too. The verse is Luke 14, 26. And it's an obscure verse that Jesus says, and we don't like it when we read it. Luke 14, 20, 26. Here it is. The cost of the end is like large crowds are traveling with Jesus and turning and he said, if anyone wants to come to me and do and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. He was on verse 27. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. In this verse, he's saying we have to give up. Our fathers, our mothers, our wives, our children, our brothers and sisters, the poor whole lives and being disciples of Jesus Christ. And that is I don't like that. Why did Jesus say that? I don't like it. But have you ever stood up and be the only voice of reason? Or the only voice of justice? The only voice of saying, you know, even though it's going to cause some people to feel uncomfortable in leaving my own family, I'm going to stand up and say what God has told me to say. Jesus, he's talking about the, the cost of being a disciple, and it's uncomfortable. I mean, it's in a good way. But I uh, was reading a book, Kudum in the Mountains, and it's a book about change, about facing our fears, about true reality, about how we can begin to be people who are part of a, of a greater vision. And he used an illustration, an illustration from the movie Casablanca. Alright? I'm from Bogart, Casablanca, and, and I'm going to show you a scene from Casablanca that uh, it's, a, it's where I'm going to describe it so you can kind of be able to appreciate it. Um, it's in the 
bar, of course, in the, in the cafe or in the, uh, the place where they're uh, gathered together. And the Germans are around the piano and they're singing. And they start singing the, their anthem for Germany. And then there's one person that hears that. And he decides to do something completely different against, you might say, the Germans who are occupying that area. And he does something to lift up his voice, even though it was uncomfortable. So just look and feel the dynamic here, and we'll experience it together.
he had to know himself a lot better when he took the road less traveled. It's uncomfortable being so I, I know. But God calls us to unconditional devotion, unstoppable devotion, and uncomfortable devotion for the glory of God. Jesus says, this is the path, the straight and narrow path that leads to heaven. That's how we show our devotion. Philippians 2.8 gives us an example. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Death on the cross. That's what Jesus' path was, was the Calvary. Ours is not to, to Calvary, to, but ours is to take up the cross and follow Jesus Christ where God wants us to go. Moving toward that horizon. Transforming ourselves individually first and then transforming the world. Well, uh, normally I put the, our action steps here up on the screen. I'm not going to do that. But uh, in your bulletin, if you want to turn that and have it already, is the response to using one of the three. Is, uh, what is God calling you today to do? One of three choices. You can pick one, two, or all three. But let's, let's just make the question is, what's God telling you to do today? The first one could be, the next 12 days, I will use a 12-step devotional guide uh, to experience a breakthrough in my own journey. We have got that in the bulletin, and we have a few in the back if you didn't get one. Uh, and just, it's 12 steps using that as a guide to, for your own spiritual life for the next 12 days. Or you can be, be part of the Connect Team. We're celebrating 46 people who have connected. Maybe you would help us be part of the Connect Team. That's on Tuesday, October 29th in room 108. Just check that box and you'll get more information about what that means about being part of the Connect Team. And finally, if you see you want to be a part of prayer, be part of our continued prayer movement. Uh, the past few months, we've been out here in the courtyard. And the next one is the last Wednesday of the month, August 30th at 1 p.m. And we're praying in the courtyard. You see the ribbons out there are from the past few weeks been praying for, for people in the community. This is, this, is, this is prayers for Trinity. This is looking out what new people can we reach. And every prayer we pray, we put one more ribbon out on the out of the border, telling the world, telling our, telling our community that we, we see a movement on Maine. We're a praying people and we believe the power of prayer. And you want to join us there at uh, Wednesday morning. And maybe you can consider if God's going to speak to you when you baptize. You can mark that. And if you want to uh, have more, more information on being on Zimba, you can mark that. Other service opportunities, or if you want uh, one of our staff to pray for you, you can mark that. 